Will the New Orleans Saints find a way to keep Marcus Williams and or Teron Armstead? Do they have what they need to trade up to get their guy in this year's NFL draft? And which tight ends remain available in free agency after the top tight ends on the market get the franchise tag? We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, uh, USA Today Saints Wire, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And the big question around the New Orleans Saints today as a franchise tag deadline is set for 4 p.m. Eastern time this afternoon is will the New Orleans Saints find a way to keep Marcus Williams and or Teron Armstead and the answer is simple not today Uh, it doesn't seem that the New Orleans Saints are going to be using the franchise tag on either one of these players in order to be able to extend the window in which they could work on a long-term deal and instead it seems likely that both of these players will at least get the opportunity to see what else the market has to offer for them and the New Orleans Saints will get the opportunity to watch the market unfold Basically, the way that this usually works is that if a team that has a good relationship with a player says, all right, we don't really have what it takes right now to keep you here right away. You want to see what's on the market. So go and test the market. Sometimes what will happen is that that player will go out, receive offers, their agent will get offers, all of that. And then they'll go back to the team that they're with and give them an opportunity to sort of match what the best offer is out there. That happens from time to time. That could happen here. There are good relationships, good culture, all of that when it comes to New Orleans Saints. That could be the route that Marcus Williams and Teron Armstead go. But will the New Orleans Saints be able to afford to keep, let's say, Teron Armstead, who could earn north of $22 million per year in terms of average? Remember, that doesn't clearly cut out to being $22 million in 2022, 2023, 2024. But we know how these contracts get structured light in the first year and then they sort of build up years three through five right if the if a contract were to go that long and then when it comes down to marcus williams you're looking at 14 million dollars plus per season there i think spot actually has his market value at over 15 million dollars so it's going to be tough for the new orleans saints to find a way to keep both of those players in new orleans going into 2022 the one that is Remarkably harder to replace is, of course, free safety Marcus Williams. There just aren't a lot of safeties that are going to be hitting the market this offseason. There are not a lot of rangy free safeties in the draft. There are not really that many replacement options on the roster for the Saints at all. I mean, CJ Garner Johnson in Florida did really, really well throughout his college years when he was asked to play that sort of roaming coverage safety role. But his role in New Orleans is pretty solidified as the guy that's close to the line of scrimmage and that gets, you know, in the mix, right? Gets gets sort of mixy in the middle, as my friend Brandon Olson would say over at Locked On Gators. And so with all of that, you look at where the New Orleans Saints sort of have to project where they're going to find their replacements for these players. And Teron Armstead is a little bit easier, right? Because you can move Ryan Ramchek to left tackle if you wanted to. You could go to the draft and hope that Trevor Pinning is there for you at 18. You don't have to rush to make that Ryan Ramchick decision, right? You can see how free agency and the draft play out. And then you kind of have the bodies in-house to be able to make up for things. You could have James Hurst compete 
at right tackle in that case, or even have him compete at left tackle. But I think Ryan Ramchick with the escalator already, or excuse me, incentive already built into his contract makes a lot of sense to move over to left tackle. And it's not, you know, world ending at all for the New Orleans Saints to give him an extra million dollars per year if he gets a first team all pro at left tackle. Like the incentive is not a big deal. So you'd be pretty okay with moving Ryan Ramchick over to that side if you can't find that left tackle replacement in the draft or in free agency. And then instead, you use free agency in the draft as a means of rebuilding depth. What the Saints have already started to do, they re-signed Ethan Greenidge, somebody that they really like, who has played right tackle for them before. Not very successfully, if we're being honest, right? He struggled there. But in terms of just having bodies there, depth, guys you can bring into camp, you're already seeing the Saints pay attention to the offensive line and not neglect it in any way. Another name that I would put out there in terms of free safeties for New Orleans, and this is a little bit of a stretch, I'm not going to lie, not going to lie, but another body that is a player that they really like from a program that they really trust and from, you know, and is somebody that they, you know, are already bringing back for next season is Bryce Thompson. He was an undrafted free agent rookie last year coming out of Tennessee. I don't think that he's your immediate Marcus Williams replacement by any means or anything like that, but he's just another one of those players depth wise that could factor into the decisions that are made in the secondary, including whether or not you keep PJ Williams around and PJ Williams might be the most sort of immediate replacement for Marcus Williams if Marcus Williams leaves. But the issue is that you have to re-sign PJ Williams. So I think PJ Williams becomes a top priority focus if Marcus Williams is going to hit the market and is going to see what's available out there for him. We can't expect the New Orleans Saints to use the franchise tag at this point. And for some folks, I've, I've heard them you know, sort of ask questions like, why not franchise tag Marcus Williams, give him $12.9 million right now, try to extend him if you can't trade him, uh, the issue is that the Saints don't want to be on the hook for $13 million if they can't trade them, right? If they wanted to be on the hook for $13 million, then they would have already franchise tagged them, right? Like that would have already been done. And so clearly that amount of money dedicated in a full year is something that the New Orleans Saints aren't willing to do because they clearly want to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency. I think they're still going to sit back the first day, not give up money for all these big time huge deals, but they're going to stick around for sort of the mid-level free agents and things like that as they usually do going for the team-friendly type deals. And so all of that would be hampered if you end up being on the hook for $13 million for a player while also being on the hook for another $13 million if Teron Armstead walks away. So, And if you franchise tag Marcus Williams and you're not keeping Teron Armstead, so that's a $26 million compound at that point that you've put on yourself with Instead, Teron Armstead expecting, I'm not going to say he's expected to leave, but I'll say he's pretty likely to leave because he's going to get great money at, I don't know, Los Angeles, Cincy, Jacksonville, something like that. That's going to be $13 million dead cap that's going to end up being on your on your books. Can you really risk adding another $13 million in a franchise tag on top of that and still hope that you can spend money this offseason? I don't think that you can. And clearly, some level of that is true for the New Orleans Saints as well, who don't want to dedicate that money on that franchise tag situation. So we'll see what it is that the New Orleans Saints end up doing at these positions if they're not able to retain either of or one you know, or both of these players. Huge losses for the Saints on both sides, but sometimes players earn their way out of what you're willing to spend. And if you know anything at all about what the New Orleans Saints have done over the course of the offseason and in free agency and in negotiations in the past, they set a price and they don't go above it. That's not changing just because Sean Payton's not in the building anymore. Mickey Loomis is still the guy that's running with all the numbers along with Kai Hartley, you're not going to see the New Orleans Saints budge when it comes to what they feel a player's positional value is. And instead, they'll let them hit the market. The free safety market has been one that's been pretty volatile over the course of the past few seasons. Maybe the Saints can benefit from that again here in 2022. We'll see what happens. But 
Losing these guys, obviously a big loss for the New Orleans Saints. And so they could potentially be looking to be a little bit more aggressive, not only in free agency, but the draft as well. Do the Saints have what it takes to move up in the first round of the draft, second, third round of the draft? They certainly do. Let's talk about how they could potentially do that and continue to mobilize as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. If you are not presently an NFL player, you are more than welcome to head over to betonline.net. It's the number one place for all of your sports betting needs. If you are an NFL player, please stay away from this website. What you're going to be able to find over at betonline.net are all the news analysis podcasts that you need to help you keep track of all the trends, all the updates, everything going on in sports gambling. And you can check out all the odds, lines, and props over with their family of sites as well. So go and check them out over at betonline.net, the number one place for all of your sports betting needs, all your sports betting news, analysis, everything. You can check out all the odds, lines, and props, including where players might end up during free agency. If you're not looking at football bets, you can look at basketball with college and pros on the way. And of course, the big tournament right around the corner as well when it comes to men's and women's college hoops. So go and check them out, betonline.net. .net free and easy website for you to navigate over on your mobile device or over on your uh, desktop whatever it is that you're that you're using to make sure that you can keep up with all the offers and changes in trends. So go and check them out betonline.net where the game starts. Right, Huda Nation continuing on with this Tuesday episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day, especially here on International Women's Day. Congra- congratulations. Happy International Women's Day to everybody that is uh, watching, listening, tuning in, all of that. Uh, make sure you're also checking out the Locked on NFL YouTube page as well. Luke Braun and I did doing some live episodes every Monday night over there for the Tuesday episodes of Locked on NFL. So go and check that out. The local experts covering all the biggest stories across the NFL in less than 30 minutes giving you all the information that you need. Continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, I want to take a look now at the Saints' ability to trade up in the draft. We know they are one of the most aggressive teams when it comes to draft day trades in the NFL, particularly since 2006. They have a couple of trade backs, 2006, 2007, but since then, everything's been about trading up. And the New Orleans Saints, since Jeff Ireland arrived in 2015, have traded up every single season so far of his tenure. The only thing to note, though, is that they've never traded up for a wide receiver since Jeff Ireland took over as the uh, assistant general manager and the director of college scouting. So could this be the year that New Orleans Saints get that done, especially with guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson raising their stock a little bit? The fact of the matter is that they might not need to, right? There's a lot of great first round wide receivers. They could wait around until 18. But what matters is, do they have the guy? Do they have their guy, the person that they don't want to miss out on, that they go into this draft saying, if we walk away with this player, then this draft is a dub for us. Is that the way that they're looking at the draft? Potentially, right? They will oftentimes make their decisions based upon best player available, everything like that. But that's only if they're able to fill all the holes in free agency. If they end up walking into this draft with holes, then obviously things could be a little bit different, could look a little bit more like the draft we saw a couple of years ago when the New Orleans Saints traded and traded and traded and walked away with four players that filled immediate holes that they needed to fill. Some of them have struggled to do that and sort of find what those roles are, Zach Bond, Adam Troutman, but it was the approach that the New Orleans Saints went that year. So could the Saints do something like that again this year? Well, they certainly have the fodder to be able to do so. They have the capital, right? So they can move. They pick it, pick 18, Anything basically from 18 to 12 or 17 to 12 should be a pretty simple trade up for them. That could be their third round compensatory selection that they have 
from the Terry Fontenot hire last year, or they could trade potentially one of their fourth round picks as they're expected to have their own fourth round pick and a fourth round compensatory pick for Trey Hendrickson. Hopefully the NFL will be announcing those comp picks here soon. So if the Saints were to do that, they could easily get up to 12 with the Minnesota Vikings, a team that they've traded with before and that has in the past, they have a new uh, general manager there now in Questio Duffamenza. So maybe things will change, but that's usually a team that likes to stockpile draft picks and be able to do it. Remember, the Saints traded their entire third day away to the Minnesota Vikings in order to get up to grab uh, Adam Troutman a couple of years ago. That's what the Vikings love to do. They like to stockpile the draft picks. So could the Saints, who would need to maybe get ahead of the, let's say they were targeting either one of those Ohio State Buckeyes, they would probably want to get ahead of the in-state Cleveland Browns in order, who pick at 13 and be able to do that. Well, the Minnesota Vikings are you know, in a great position there at 12 for them to be able to move up. And then you also have teams like the Philadelphia Eagles who have three selections in five picks, right? They've got the uh, 15th, 16th, and then 19th selection right after the Saints. So the Saints could potentially move up to 15, for instance, if the Eagles do walk into the draft with those three first round picks. So, and that would again be as simple as one of those fourth round picks, maybe even their fifth round pick at that point. They have a compensatory potential sixth that could potentially come in for Sheldon Rankin. So there's a lot of opportunity for the Saints to be mobile within the first round, but it's not limited to the first round, which is what I wrote about over at Saints Wire today, over in USA Today. But they could potentially also move around in the second and third rounds. They could sit back and, and, you know, at, at pick 18, they're in a good spot there. They're outside of the top 20 or they're inside the top 20 rather, which gives them an opportunity to sit around in the first round and wait to see what falls to them, what's the best player available, all of that. And one of those wide receivers, whether it be Chris Olave, whether it be Garrett Wilson, whether it be Traylon Burks, whether it be Drake London, if he's still high on some players' boards, whether it be a guy that creeps into the first round, like a Christian Watson, for instance, there's a lot of opportunity there for the New Orleans Saints to just, or of course, Jamison Williams could could fall there with the the injury and people not seeing him over the course of the offseason. All of those are still options for them at 18. So what if they waited to move in the second and third round? Well, it gets even easier at that point, right? I mean, then you start to really get into the opportunity of using future picks as opposed to late round picks from this year. You could also roll into a situation just like the New Orleans Saints did a couple of years ago in 2020 and trade away your entire day three and walk away with four or five guys and then feel really good as long as you went and got your guys, the targets, the ones that can come in, plug and play, all of that. So there's a lot of opportunity for the Saints to be mobile in this one. And just like we talk about trading up, the Saints could also be interested in trading down, but we just know that that's not something that they do very often. They did it in like 2006 and 2007, if I remember correctly, and that's it, right? And so when you look at where the New Orleans Saints tend to find their you know, draft capital and what it is that they like to do, how they like to utilize it, while well, they like to utilize it by trading up. So expect the Saints to be aggressive. Uh, I expect them to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency, but to continue to be aggressive in the draft as, as we've seen before. And to go out there and try to make sure that they get the players that they need at either the positions that they want to address, the positions that they want to build upon, right, where they may already have strengths, but want to go out there and specifically target a player kind of like Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago in 2017. You already had Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson in the building, but we know Sean wanted Alvin Kamara, so he made the push for Alvin Kamara and they went and got him. So you could expect to see some situations like that to where Maybe they make a pick at a selection or excuse me, at a position that they already feel that they're pretty solid at, but they do they want to bolster. That's not a bad idea. That's it's one of the things you can do in the draft. So as long as you're addressing those other positions in free agency, it gives you the opportunity to do that. And one of the positions that the New Orleans Saints could potentially address in free agency is, of course, tight end. But a lot of the tight ends that were at the top of the market are now coming off of the market because of 
the franchise tag, which we're probably not going to see the Saints use this year. So who are the tight ends that are still at the top of the market? We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about a humongous quarterback deal that just got done. So we'll talk about that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about rockauto.com, the number one place for everything that you need for your car, truck, or vehicle. Doesn't matter what it is that you drive, Dodge, Daewoo, Ford, Fiat, they've got you taken care of. You simply roll through, put in your make, your model, your year, all of that, and then you're able to find the parts, pieces, and accessories that you're looking for. You want to just replace the blade on some windshield wipers, do it. You need to replace a side view mirror or a rear view mirror, they've got you covered. You need to replace something that's in the engine that I'm not smart enough to know the name of, they'll take care of you there as well. It's a family business. They've been helping customers online for over 20 years. So you know you love to support some small businesses. So make sure you go and check out rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you right in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section. They're going to make sure you're paying 30 50 less than what you're going to pay over at those other brick and mortar stores. Amazing selections, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with some big news that just came down, a humongous quarterback deal getting done. No, it's not the New Orleans Saints, but it does impact the New Orleans Saints sort of indirectly. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers settling on a 40-year, $200 million contract, making him the highest paid player in the NFL, including $153 million guaranteed, over 75% of that contract guaranteed. That is a whopping deal, a remarkable deal. So basically with $153 million guaranteed on a $200 million contract over four years, you're basically looking at a three-year contract at over $50 million per year on average for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what the signing bonuses are, what the contract structure looks like, stuff like that. It sounds like a huge contract right now, but remember next year, 2024, 2025, the major years of this contract you're going to see this the salary cap skyrocket, right? And this is one of the things the New Orleans Saints can take advantage of as well. You're going to see new money coming in from the TV deal, and that's already sort of being accounted for. But then you have all of the gambling money that's going to come into the NFL over the course of the next few years as well, as long as Calvin Ridley doesn't run it. And so there will be a lot of different opportunities for the Saints to be able to build contracts much like this. And for contracts like this one and Patrick Mahomes' contract in two years to look like absolute steals. So for the Green Bay Packers, they and Aaron Rodgers staying together, that takes that quarterback officially off the market for the New Orleans Saints as one of those big veteran uh, quarterbacks that we expected to see potentially move somewhere else. The New Orleans Saints were kind of one of those teams that might not necessarily have been in conversation with the Green Bay Packers, but that was seen as a good landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers will stay in Green Bay, and we expect to see this continue, right? We know Derek Carr is not going anywhere. We know Jalen Hurts isn't going anywhere. We know Baker Mayfield's not going anywhere. It doesn't look like Russell Wilson's going anywhere. So that veteran quarterback market is dwindling for teams like the New Orleans Saints and other teams that are needy at the quarterback spot. And it's not just the quarterback position that is dwindling in terms of free agency. It's now also the tight end position. Now that we've seen Dalton Schultz, Mike Gesicki, and David Njoku all receive franchise tags, that takes three of the top tight end, uh, veteran tight ends off of the market for you if you're the New Orleans Saints. And they could use more pass catching talent at that position. And that is definitely one that we've looked at over the course of the offseason and said, hey, this is a spot where the New Orleans Saints really can get better and really should address. And so right now, 
when you look at the rest of the tight end, the veteran tight end market, probably your best tight ends left are guys like Robert Tanyan, CJ Ozoma, uh, Ozama, excuse me, uh, maybe Gerald Everett, who's a little bit younger than I think people realize. I thought he might have been in his 30s already. He's like 27 years old. Zach Ertz, I know a lot of Saints fans wanted him to land in New Orleans last year before he actually ended up landing with the Arizona Cardinals. He has the second most receiving yards of any free agent tight end available, left available on the market right now, behind only, of course, Rob Gronkowski, but it doesn't seem like Rob Gronkowski is going to be coming back in. If you're somebody that's into projects and you know wants to see maybe a, a guy get better with a change of scenery, then Evan Ingram, OJ Howard could potentially be your guys. If you're looking for a reunion, Jared Cook is out there. There's also Kyle Rudolph, who has parted ways with the New York Giants, and more tight ends could potentially hit the market, right? We could see like Jono Smith, for instance, out in New England because they're comfortable with Hunter Henry and because there's a tight end class that's going to give you some potential pass catchers in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. And we know that New England Patriots love drafting tight ends. They did it back-to-back picks not too long ago. So for the Saints, when you look at where they could potentially find this new tight end talent, there's still a couple of options in free agency, but guys like CJ Uzoma and guys like Robert Tanyan, they're going to, they're going to attract big contracts, right? That's going to be over $10 million per year, right? That's going to be your top level tight end deal. So for the Saints, if they're looking at addressing that tight end deal and uh, add it or addressing that tight end spot and adding another P, another talent there, you're probably going to go a little bit lower level in free agency. Uh, maybe a Kyle Rudolph, maybe uh uh, 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 Tyler Conklin, for instance, uh, 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 Jeremy Ferkser out of Tennessee. There are a lot of those guys you can go for. And then you could potentially go to the draft for guys like Jeremy Ruckert or Trey McBride, um, Jelani Woods, who we took in our mock draft yesterday, things like that. So all hope is not lost for New Orleans, but in terms of those top tight ends like Mike Kosicki and David Njoku, as well as Delton Schultz in particular, Delton Schultz and Mike Kosicki, right? Those guys off the market, staying with their teams, not going to be available to the New Orleans Saints, unless there's some type of tag and trade situation, but that just doesn't happen that often in the NFL. So we'll see how the New Orleans Saints find a way to address this spot, this spot, this position. It's certainly one that they should look to address. And of course, along with that dwindling tight end market is a dwindling quarterback market. We'll see what that means for the New Orleans Saints as well, who still seem to be in line with the most likely option of re-signing Jameis Winston, which could potentially bring the Saints to bringing O.J. Howard in because of that connection and because he'll be on a cheap deal because he just he just simply hasn't panned out over his time in Tampa and is not going to command top dollar. So there's options. There are ways for the New Orleans Saints to address those positions. But of course, they've got to get better at the wide receiver spot as well. So tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit about Cody Burns, the uh, New Orleans Saints' newest wide receiver coach, how he has worked with tight ends, excuse me, wide receivers in the past, and how those sort of wide receiver archetypes match up with what the New Orleans Saints have to offer and can develop going into 2022. We'll dig into all of that tomorrow. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day every day here on Locked on Saints. For your second listen, go and check out Locked on NFL Draft. You've got Eric Crocker, former NFL and AFL cornerback, as well as Ryan Tracy, analytics expert, taking you through everything you need to know about this year's prospects. Go and check them out wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And as always, y'all, thank you so much for making me a part of your daily routine. For everything else that you need in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.